Welcome to CPAC's Today in Politics podcast. It's Friday, March the 10th. I'm Michael Serapio. Here are the big political stories we're talking about today. The Prime Minister faces more pointed questions from the opposition over alleged meddling in Canada's elections. Will the Prime Minister uh, commit to refer and to return any of the funds that the Liberal Party, its local associations, his leadership campaign, or any Liberal nomination contestants receive from the PRC? Yes or no? Calls for a Conservative MP to apologize for a comment he made to Melanie Jolie during a hearing into foreign interference. Minister Jolie, you've talked tough. Uh, you've talked tough with your uh, Beijing counterparts, so you say uh, you even stared into his eyes. I'm sure he was very intimidated. And the Prime Minister's office announces a date for the U.S. President's visit. Well, let's get right to the top political stories this morning. Joining us is Robert Fife, the Ottawa Bureau Chief for the Globe and Mail. Bob, good morning. Good morning to you, Michael. Bob, you're one of the lead journalists on this story, if not the lead journalist. Uh, you've seen the leaked CSIS documents on Chinese meddling. This was uh, into the 2021 federal election campaign. Uh, it makes me wonder, when you heard the Prime Minister announcing these two investigations and uh, the appointment of a rapporteur, did you think that was sufficient? Do you think they're the appropriate avenues rather than an independent inquiry? Well, I think the Prime Minister was pushed into this because of our stories and the concern of all the opposition parties about how serious Chinese interference is in our democratic process. It wasn't just opposition MPs. You had nonpartisan people like Richard Fadden, the former CSIS director, former national security advisor to Mr. Trudeau and to Stephen Harper. Uh, Jean-Pierre Kingsley, the former chief electoral officer who had been, I think, one of the longest chief electoral officers in Canadian history. These people were calling for a public inquiry. And the problem they have with the process the prime minister has outlined is that it's all secretive. The uh, National Security and Intelligence Committee of Parliamentarians um, only meet in secret. Their reports are sent to the Prime Minister's office and the Privy Council for redaction. In other words, they report directly to the Prime Minister. So we, if there's stuff that, that they may not, the government may not like in that those reports, they can uh, redact them. And the opposition members, there are opposition members on this committee, but they're sworn to secrecy. And they cannot even tell their leaders what goes on in those reports. So they're bound by the uh, uh, Security of Information Act. And the other um, uh, National Security Intelligence Review Agency, which uh, again meets in secret, also is just is simply looking at how the security services and RCMP handled the investigations of Chinese electoral interference. And then, of course, we're going to find some special rapporteur who's going to look at both reports and then tell us what he thinks about it. Now, the, the opposition parties and and the people that I mentioned are saying that a public inquiry is better because a, a judge would be able to see the counterintelligence reports, the secret reports in, in confidence and, and also to subpoena CISA's officers and cabinet ministers to uh, obviously some of this stuff would have to be behind closed door, but a lot of it would be in public. And this would be an opportunity for, you know, Chinese Canadian groups who believe that they've been, they're vulnerable and have been harassed by these Chinese uh, government interference efforts and experts to be able to really assess 
what the danger of these interference activities are in election campaigns and to make recommendations. So I still think uh, a public inquiry is better, even if it takes longer um, than and costs more than these other two processes. I think the public needs to have some faith that, uh, um, that all of this is being publicly exposed as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we also have, as you know, Mike, we have a long history of judicial inquiries. And for the most part, Canadians respect that process and respect the recommendations that they make. Yeah, well, you know, that, that it raises an interesting point uh, because the prime minister has yet to uh, appoint this uh, special rapporteur. And one wonders how easy that will actually be to find someone that the public trusts implicitly and does not believe that they're under the sphere of influence of the prime minister. Well, and that's right. I mean, look what happened with Morris Rosenberg, uh, the former deputy minister of justice, former deputy minister of foreign affairs, who uh, did the uh, uh, the, la- la- the report on uh, interference in the 2020 election campaign. He said that there, which nobody disputes, by the way, that yes, there was some interference, but it didn't affect the overall outcome of the election campaign. But, you know, the, everybody doubted what he had to say because he had also served as the president and CEO of the Pierre Elliott Trudeau Foundation, and which subsequently reported that that foundation received, you know, uh, $200,000 from a Chinese billionaire uh, back in 2016, shortly after he attended, the billionaire attended a fundraiser, private fundraiser with Mr. Trudeau. So, uh, look, I don't question the um, Mr. Uh, Morris's, Rosenberg's uh, integrity. He's an honorable man, but, you know, perception is everything. And, you know, he was not the right person to have uh, done this election uh, re- panel report on the 20. 20- 21 election campaign because he, he looks it looks like he was compromised even if even if i'm sure he, he's not compromised but that's the perception mm-hmm. but you know the flip side of this though uh bob is when you listen to, to the liberals they argue that we, we that we actually need to be wary of a public inquiry because we are dealing with matters of security uh, although conservatives imply it's because the liberals are worried about looking bad uh, what's your take on that Look, there's nothing to be afraid of with a public inquiry. Clearly, a judge who heads a public inquiry is not going to reveal counterintelligence operations. That can be done behind closed doors. But there is so much more to Chinese interference operations that could be uh, in the public realm. Look, the best way to deal with foreign interference is through sunshine and transparency. That's the way to go, not through some secretive process. I think the opposition have a good point that the liberals were worried about a public inquiry because the last thing they want is is some public inquiry to to say, you know what, you knew about a lot of this stuff and you didn't do anything about it. That's the that's the I think that is probably a big concern for the for the government. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, as this investigation into foreign interference uh, gets underway again by the Intelligence Committee of Parliamentarians, the Commons Committee looking into the matter did hear from the uh, foreign minister yesterday. And it, it's kind of become noteworthy because of a question from Conservative MP Michael Cooper. He was questioning how intimidating Melanie Jolie was to her Chinese counterpart. Uh, female members of that committee called it demeaning. Uh, what do you take from that? Well, um I didn't 
pick up on what other people, what the female members of, of, of all political parties felt about this. When I, when I, I, when he went, he said, well, you know, you stared him in the eye and you hardly didn't, you hardly scared him. Um, it, I, I, he was saying something to the effect that she, earlier on, she said, I'd look the Chinese foreign minister in the eye and I told mm-hmm. him he's got to stop doing this. And then later on, Mr. Cooper said, try, kind, kind of mocked her about that. Uh, and, you know, I think and when you're in instances like this, if if people feel that you've, um, you know, demeaned them in any way uh, over an issue like that, he should have just apologized. Uh, you know, there's no, I, I just, I don't think there's, I just think he should have apologized and, and moved on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he did not. He 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 basically said that wasn't his intent. Uh, although, as you say, uh, the 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 women members of that uh, committee certainly uh, took issue with it. So we'll watch the fallout on that. Of course, we're going to keep watching uh, the foreign interference. This story is not going to go away. In fact, you have a new angle in the, the Globe and Mail this morning. Uh, so a lot to watch out for here. But, you know, before we go, uh, I do want to ask you, because we finally heard it from the PMO yesterday, Biden, we knew is uh, we knew that he was coming to Ottawa. We now know it will be March the 23rd and the 24th. How important is this visit from the U.S. president? Oh, look, it's a big deal. It's the first time the president has visited Canada Um and, and normally what happens, presidents used to always come to Canada. Um, well, the, that's their first foreign visit. But that mm-hmm, stopped mm-hmm. Uh, after George Bush. And uh, as you know, Donald Trump did not come to Canada. Uh, to vis- I mean, he came to for a, a summit, but he did not come as a, on a bilateral visit, which I think the Trudeau government was happy about, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think this is a, this is a big deal. Uh, you know, uh, the prime minister and, and Joe Biden get along very well. Um, they have we have some pretty we have some big bilateral disputes for sure, particularly mm-hmm. border disputes uh, with migrants coming over and, you know, the usual things with softwood lumber and trade disputes and whatnot. But I think this is going to be uh, kind of a love fest between them. And and it's not just him flying in and, and leaving. He's spending he's spending the night. He and his wife will have a state dinner. Um, so I think it's a big deal for Canada. I mean, you know, it's the most powerful leader in the world. It's coming to us. It's our neighbor next door. Um, any kind of time the pre- president comes to visit us, we're going to roll out the red carpet and hopefully we'll get some things accomplished and sort of the bilateral issues that we have with the United States so that uh, particularly on issues like, um, you know, uh, critical minerals and uh, the move to electric vehicles, the more cooperation we have uh, between the United States and Canada on these kind of issues, the better for our own industries and prosperity for our own workers. So um, ah, it's going to be a big deal. You and I are going to be very busy those, those next two, those two, <laughs> the two days in March. Absolutely. And we'll speak again uh, at that point. Listen, Bob, thank you so much. Really appreciate starting the day with you. Uh, thanks for the time. Thank you. That is Robert Fife, the Ottawa Bureau Chief for The Globe and Mail. What we're talking about, of course, is foreign interference in our Canadian elections. And we know that we're hearing story after story with leak after leak that's telling us that there are serious things for us to be concerned about. Now let's take a look at what political columnists, commentators and editorialists are saying today. In the National Post, John Iveson argues Justin Trudeau cannot make the Chinese interference scandal go away. He writes, senior liberals privately dismiss any suggestions of collusion with Beijing and consider the whole issue to be overblown. 
They say the process Justin Trudeau has set in motion will take time to come to any conclusions and absent any new revelations, the story will wither. That may prove wishful thinking, writes John Iveson. The latest story from Global TV said two high-level national security reports warned senior federal officials that China was funneling money to Canadian political candidates. That suggests that sources are still talking. The other thing keeping the story alive is the behavior of the prime minister who has looked like the driver of the getaway car in the House of Commons this week. In the Globe and Mail, Andrew Coyne argues the prime minister could clear up the most important questions about China's interference in our elections simply by answering them. He writes, pressed by reporters to say whether he had seen reports quoting high-level sources on alleged Chinese interference in our elections, the prime minister stalled, talked over them, and otherwise refused to answer. Asked a series of questions by the leader of the opposition in parliament, he did much the same. This is not the behavior of a prime minister with nothing to hide. Demand further proof before forming any conclusions by all means, but to refuse even to inquire into it, to dismiss the whole thing out of hand as a media creation, a nothing burger, a witch hunt, is a kind of reverse conspiracy theory. Now here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will be in private meetings. Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino will make an announcement about the government's efforts to protect Canadians from foreign influence. Immigration Minister Sean Fraser will speak with the media after a meeting with the form of ministers responsible for immigration in Halifax. Mental Health Minister Carolyn Bennett will announce support to mental health programs for Black communities in Toronto. And Environment Minister Stephen Goulbeau will make an announcement about the Saguenay St. Lawrence Marine Park in Quebec. That's CPAC Today in Politics for this Friday, March the 10th. I'm Michael Serapio. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight and on the weekend as CPAC will have coverage of all the week's events. Our podcast returns after the March break with Julie Van Dusen. Until then, thanks for listening and have a great weekend.